Hello, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsland, about to be joined by Ken Weeb from the Winnipeg Free Press. Those people you hear rooting in the background, those people, if you need to blame someone for the Winnipeg Jets losing their streak of 33 straight games, it's these people. They're the opposite of a rabbit's foot. Everything was going so well until we had this party and absolutely killed the momentum of the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to apologize for all these people here because they won't do it themselves. They won't own up to it. So I'll own up to it for them because that's what I like to do. I like to take stuff and blame it on other people and just slough it off on them. That's what I'll do. I do it to Ken. We're going to do it to Scott Billick in this show because we're going to bring him in here and we'll do it to the crowd. But honestly, this was just another absolutely great night at TCB, uh, TransCanada Brewing Company. Great food, great environment. We had an absolute blast here. Uh, and I got to say, if you're interested in one of these in the future, you should be because we like to try and spoil the people who do that. And by doing that, we're going to be giving tickets away to a Jets game to someone who came to this room here tonight. Uh, brought, that's donated generously by the people at TCB. Excellent job. Uh, but before I bring everyone in, I'm going to try and get through this extremely quickly. Just a touch on the game. 4-1 uh, victory for the Boston Bruins. I take a look at this game. I think it's more like a, to me, it feels like it's a 2-1 victory. They get one a little bit late. I'm not saying by any means that this is one of these things where it should have gone either way. I take a look at this and I think the Boston Bruins were the better team in this game. They controlled far too much of that game. If you're a Jets fan and you want to take a look and say, we deserve the better fate. Um, I take a look at this and I think if there was any question about the last number of games, you know, the four or five games that we've seen before this, where we've had conversations on this podcast about the Jets, maybe, okay, are they getting away with it, right? That that game against Chicago, did they get away with a tight little victory there, right? Every game that we've been seeing against Ottawa, same thing. Jets swooping in and kind of stealing, you know, victory from the jaws to defeat the last little while, but doing it against some of the lower end teams in the league, I think what was the stat. Their last 12 games, 10 of them have been against uh, teams below the playoff line. Seven of those 10 games have come against the six bottom teams in the league. You would expect the Winnipeg Jets from what we've seen this year to be the kind of team that kind of punishes those teams, breaks those teams. We saw them doing that not too long ago. They did it against Anaheim. They did it against, uh, to a degree, to the San Jose Sharks. That's what you want to see from that team. They definitely did it to the Arizona Coyotes, just broke those teams and gave them no hope. That's what you want to see. Let's not forget Gabe Velarde is not playing in this game and a conversation that we have to get into about uh, Mark Shifley missing. We talked a lot earlier in the year, lots of debate about who the MVP of this team is, right? Connor Hellebuck is right at the center of that conversation. Mark Shifley is the guy I talked about early in the year. My opinion has changed and it has not changed to Connor Hellebuck. For me, the MVP of this team is Adam Lowry. I think the loss of Mark Shifley has shuffled him around the lineup and that's kind of taken away from what he's done so well with that third line. I don't know. You'll get Ken Weeb agreeing with that he's trying to take a uh, an axe and split that lineup every single chance that he gets. He's crazy like that, people. I don't know. I can't explain it. I can't explain it, but he can try and explain it. It still doesn't make sense to me, but we'll see if he's still on that. But I, I, I don't want to use this as an excuse. The Winnipeg Jets, to me, what I saw tonight was a team that the first two periods, it took them to acclimatize to playing the level of hockey that we've seen from a team like the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins came in here tonight. They got embarrassed by the Winnipeg Jets before Christmas. The Jets absolutely laid a licking on them. It was a game that a lot of people across the league uh, woke up to the Winnipeg Jets and thought, okay, this team is legit. I thought the Boston Bruins went out to exact a little bit of revenge. Again, they do it against a team that is not a full complete team. Losing Mark Shifley is huge. Losing Gabe Velarde, who's basically this team's you know, established best score outside of Kyle Connor. That's a real tough loss to lose as well. But the Winnipeg Jets, to me tonight, ran into a team that is kind of like that Spider-Man meme. I bring that out every once in a while, but the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. I'm going to tell you this right now. John Montgomery and Rick Bonus 
shared a coaching staff with the Dallas Stars, and they clearly believe a lot of the same things. They have their teams playing the same way. The Boston Bruins, for large swaths of this game, did to the Winnipeg Jets what the Winnipeg Jets have been doing to teams this year. They, to a degree, exact their revenge. And the big story here tonight is that the Boston Bruins and the Jets ridiculous, ridiculous streak of games allowing three goals or less. There was a big question asking it around the room. This is what I like. This I'll tell you as an educated audience because a lot of people have asked me the question, if the Jets get into a game where they're playing a team that's up and they have three goals, would they not pull the goaltender to conserve that streak of games? Um, Rick Bonus is a guy who A, is going to play the game the right way with integrity and honesty. You do that by trying to go for the win. And the reason you do that is not just the idea of being you know, honest and, and having integrity. It's that you want to show your team in that moment, A, you have the faith that they may score their way back in that game, but B, the idea that your team, you send them out there and say, we can pull the goalie and I still think we're not going to get scored on. It almost happened. A couple funny moments, great save of the game candidate by uh, Neil Pionk, who absolutely steals one from, I think, David Pasternak uh, when he was heading in on the open net. But that's all, uh, you know, that's stuff that we can dig into with Ken. And so let's stop wasting Ken's time because he's got a lot of stuff to do in Boston. I think he's only had three lobster rolls so far this trip. He's trying to get out and get another one before he's got to go. So let's bring in the man with the best music in the business, everybody. Here comes Kenny. A round of live applause here, Ken, for Tristan Rivers, who we are thinking one of these times we're just going to have to have him bust in and do a live version of that song. I'm proud to announce, Ken, that as we hand out uh, uh, some of the awards for people here, not only are we handing out uh, Jets tickets, but we like to hand out frosty, delicious eight packs of Lamplight or Amber Ale for the people who come here and are waiting. And Tristan Rivers was the first winner of the Lamplight or Amber Ale. I know a lot of people well thought that I was just cheating and trying to get it his way, but we had people here who watched the process. It's a legitimate process, people. I know listen, there's a lot of people who are sour because they didn't win their frosty, delicious eight packs. He deserved it. They didn't. And the, 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 hey, the lottery, the lottery gods went in that direction. So it's it's one of those times where the hockey gods of the lottery gods got it right in this case. But Ken, enough of that. I uh, want to bring you in here. You were there. What did you see in that game quickly before we bring in the flute? Because he's waiting in the back room, in the quiet room. Because some yeah. of his takes sound like he's had a couple bumps <laughs> to the head. So we're going to leave him in the quiet room and we'll bring him in. But you got to tell us what you saw in that game first, Kenny. Yeah, buddy. Uh, first of all, great job handling the uh, raucous crowd on site. It's hard. Uh, These people yeah. are they're, they're wild relentless. Animals, they're they're, they're relentless. Animals. They're relentless. But uh, good on you, folks, for packing that room. Great to see. Uh, sorry, I couldn't be there with you. Uh, what I saw from the game, I saw a very hungry and determined Boston Bruins team. I'm not surprised with the effort that they uh, exacted out on the ice. Uh, was in the Bruins' room this morning, spoke with James Van Riemsdyk, uh, who was very impressed by what he saw from the Jets in December. But you got the sense that uh, the Bruins were going to have their best this evening, and they absolutely did have their best. I will say this, the Jets did not generate very much offensively until the third period, and even then, uh, not the same amount as we're used to seeing, though it was much better. Uh, the Bruins were so relentless, Sean. They were absolutely yeah. diligent in terms of their forecheck. They were creating all kinds of chaos in the 
offensive zone, the Jets had an incredibly difficult time with their breakout. Uh, they generated very limited speed through the neutral zone. Um, they were always had a man there, and if there was not a man impeding your progress through the neutral zone, somebody was on you from the back with the back ch- the back pressure. Uh, it was so impressive. I, you know, again, this is a Bruin. This is championship hockey a team that's big and strong uh the jets you know we're right there with them yes for the majority of this game but you said it in the open the best team on the ice was uh easy to distinguish in this game and the bruins were the hungrier team uh and they had more players rolling in this game now sure like we said uh the jets were missing some key cogs there's no doubt about that but I, I didn't think they were particularly sharp. Their puck management struggled uh, at times, and there just was not a lot of continuity. Um, Van, Z- Van Riemsdyk told me this morning he was so impressed by how connected the Jets uh, were yeah. when it came to that game in December. Great uh, he basically felt that they skated them out of the building, uh, yep. but they were so connected and so organized. That's the word that he used organized which i love the word because it was very apt in the description of how the jets played on that night today it was the bruins that were organized sean they were the team that didn't give up a lot of grade a scoring chances um you know i think the jets played hard in the game uh but you know i just think that they they were the second fastest team and they were the second best team on this night uh would i say that's you know, an issue or it's something to be concerned about? No. Uh, but I would say that, you know, a lot of the teams that they had been playing lately are, are not of this caliber. Um, so when you play a team of this caliber and you turn the puck over a few times or you fail to clear a puck or two, uh, then it th- that's what happens. Great teams put the puck in the back of the net. Um you know, Dylan DeMello said it after the game. I asked him about the uncalled slash on Pasternak, and I, I loved his response. Yes, he slashed me a little bit, but I have to make that play. I, I love the fact that he didn't say, yeah, that should have been called. So to me, that's back to the, you know, solutions, not excuses. And that's the way that you want to act. I, I, I love Kyle Connor's response. This was about us, not about them. Uh, it was back to sort of that, a little bit of bravado, I thought it was, from Kyle Connor. Uh, yeah, they were good, but, you know, that could have been avoided if we had played better. Kyle actually thought the Jets played a little bit timid during the game, uh, which was, you know, he was very direct in his answers today, Sean, which I loved. Great accountability. Uh, but this was a great, you know, reminder of, uh, you know, the type of attitude that is required if you want to be one of the best teams, right? You know, yes, you have to tip your cap with the way the Bruins played, but the Jets can't be happy with that effort because it wasn't an A-plus effort. And if you want to beat an A-plus team, you better bring your best effort. And I don't think the Jets had their best effort today. Again, I don't think it was from a lack of effort, but I just don't think they think that they were they were at their peak. And the Bruins were very sharp, and they wanted to let the Jets know that their effort from December was not their normal effort either. That, you know what? I think that's a great point uh, because I think that's what we're seeing from these two teams tonight, two Stanley Cup potential teams, two teams that were duking it out tonight for the highest win percentage in the NHL. Uh, I, I think we, I, I, if I'm very confident that if we, if we go back to that show, the Boston Bruins and the Winnipeg Jets before Christmas time, we had both kind of landed on the idea that if you think that this was the best the Boston Bruins have, you should probably think again. I know know at the time it felt really good and the Winnipeg Jets were on a little bit of a heater and you yep. wanted to think this is the absolute best team in the NHL which they were at that time I'm not going to argue that case but if anyone was thinking that's the best the Boston Bruins had to give and they couldn't skate on the same ice as the Winnipeg Jets I think it's the wake-up call tonight which yep. I would argue 
is the same thing for the Boston Bruins. If you're a Boston Bruins fan thinking, okay, we corrected things, we're back on top, the Jets actually aren't an issue, we decided to show up this game, you're missing the plot if you're if you're going to go down that road. Both these teams have come away with victories. These are two of the top teams in the league. They're two teams that know how to steal large swaths of the game from the other team. The Winnipeg Jets did that in their first meeting. The Boston, excuse me, the Boston Bruins did that in their meeting here tonight. But I, I, I leave this game, Ken, with more questions than I have answers because I really haven't seen the Winnipeg Jets looking their best, playing the Boston Bruins at their best. And so it leaves me walking away from a situation where if I'm the Bruins, I don't have a ton of confidence about how I stack up against the Jets based on tonight's game. But I think from walking away from this game, and Kyle Connor can say what he wants about that situation, to your point, it's a little bit of the bravado that we saw from the Jets in the days past. If Kyle Connor wants to rely on the idea that what we saw from the Jets in their last game against the Bruins was what we should be taking away from that. I think both these teams had a lot to give in those two games. And to be honest with you, I think that last game that we saw the Jets absolutely hang one on the Boston Bruins was not the best version of the Jets. And I think what we're seeing from the Bruins tonight is not the best version of the Boston Bruins. These are two extremely capable teams that will be eyeing each other up from afar with the expectation that, hey, we better be ready because if we get to where we want to go and get to the Stanley Cup final, there's a very good possibility that that's the team we will be seeing coming from the other conference. Uh, hey, I want to Sorry, bring, let's, uh, let's keep it. Let's give it. Let's give the official wake-up to well, those folks. I, I, you I, something I, else? Think, I think the pristine roofing wake-up call tonight is for the Winnipeg Jets themselves. If they thought what was happening for the last number of games, that the effort that they've put in, and a lot of wins, right? A lot of people come here and they keep saying the same idea. This, to me, is that whole idea when people are like, yeah, but they won, and it was a gutsy effort, and they did this, and they pulled it out, and all those kind of things. To me... I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of those kind of things because it hides teams not giving their best effort. I think the to, again I'll say it, I think the Winnipeg Jets came into this game and their pace of play had fallen to the type of pace of play that they would just get by a team like the Ottawa Senators, they would just get by a team like the Chicago Blackhawks and that effort is not going to allow you to just get by the Boston Bruins. I think the Winnipeg Jets got the pristine roofing wake-up call sometime in the second period and thought, okay, it's going to take a better effort than what we're seeing right now from us to uh, to win a game like this. And so for me, I think the Jets walk away from this. And if there's a reason for them to bring a better game in their next game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, if they don't get the pristine roofing wake-up call, they've got what's coming to them. Anyway, uh, that means it's time to give North and Rick the pristine roofing wake-up call. one 981 6289 He's the guy. You get down to your place if you've got any roofing, siding, exterior needs. Uh, and if you want to uh, get a hold of pristine themselves, it's one 237 7663 And Ken, I got to say this before we bring Billick in because I'm, I hate to break the news to you. You're the only one who's dressed like a Vittorio Rossi man tonight because as bad as I look, Scott Billick, both of us look like we just stumbled across the street into this venue here tonight. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for holding up the Vittorio Rossi standard. If anyone out there wants to hold up that standard as well, head on down to Corden Avenue, walk in, loudly proclaim that Kenny and Rennie sent you, ask for Frankie and the boys, and they'll do you up right. Uh, time to bring in the man with, uh, hey, he doesn't have the same music as Adam Lowry anymore, but if he's got any of the same uh, capabilities of Adam Lowry. I'm expecting a really great show here tonight. Time to bring in Scotty Billick, everybody. It's been a while. Here he comes. Another Tristan River special there. Here you hear that, Shawnee? Do you hear that, Shawnee? 
jokes. I've been making jokes all night, Ken, that Scott's been banned from the show for bad takes because sometimes <laughs> we don't agree on things. But uh, honestly, it's great to see you back in the show here, and I know everyone is super excited to see you here, Scotty. Uh, Scotty, just start off with the open buffet. I think Ken left a little bit for you there, and I know you've already had a TCB yeah. uh, buffet here tonight, a pizza buffet, which is you know about as good as unreal. But the buffet is yours, my friend. What did you see here tonight? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Jets are and the Bruins are one one in the best of nine Stanley Cup final right now, right? Like, I mean, no, I'm just, I mean, yeah. you hear that crowd though? I'm just playing to the crowd now, Shawnee, from back <laughs> here in the team member room at Trans Canada Brewery. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Kyle Connor said it best. It was, it was just effort and execution, and the Jets lacked both of them tonight. And you know, by the time they hit the third period, they're down. While well, they were down a goal going into the third, but. You know, DeBrus scores the goal, and that one's kind of a killer because you're just about to go on. Well, you're you're going right onto the power play after the four and four period, and you give up a shorthanded goal, and that kind of kills them. Um, the Bruins outplayed the Jets, right? I mean, that's what it was. They came out. The Bruins showed exactly what you want to see. Like, if you're a good team that has an off night, you want to come back out against the team that you just had a bad night against and, and play better. And that's exactly what the Boston Bruins did. I, I think we're seeing a couple things, Shawnee I, and, and Ken. Like, I, I think we're seeing a Jets team that, that is sorely missing some scoring from Mark Shifley and, and, and even tonight Gabe Velarde. I, I think you're also seeing and <clears throat> starting to form exactly what the Jets are going to have to start looking for in, in, in the trade market come, come the trade deadline. And I, I think part of that is going to be adding a little more depth to this team. I know it's already a deep team. Um, but you know, if you lose Mark Scheifele in the playoffs, you got to find the goals, right? If you lose, uh, Gabe Velarde in the playoffs, you got to find some more goals. I mean, this team is, is capable enough to play a good team defensive game. You said it off the top, Sean, that, you know, this is basically a two, one game for the most of it. Um, you know, the Jets can win a lot of those one goal games, but when you only score one goal, that's not even going to work in the playoffs when the game gets tighter. So I, I think you're seeing that the Jets need to go out and find a, top six, I would say, even uh, a forward of some sort that has some scoring prowess to him. Um, you know, I, I know everybody likes the Jake, Jake Chickering trade, or Jake Chickering train is what I'm trying to say. Um, <clears throat> but I'm not sure that's where you want to spend all your cap dollars and, and your draft picks and all that. I mean, I think you obviously want another defenseman, a depth defenseman on this team. But I think right now we've seen in the last, you know, they've had a couple of losses here and that sort of thing in the last few games, you want to see this team scoring a little bit more. And and especially if it push comes to shove in the playoffs and you're out without a guy for, for some time. So I, I think in, in these losses, the Jets are learning a little bit about themselves. And in fact, you know, what, what are the holes that they need to plug um, going into the deadline in about five weeks time now, at five or six weeks time? Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, they got bruned, right? Like, I mean, the Bruins are a good team. And they're in the top of the Western Conference, or sorry, the top of the league right now yes, um, in terms of points. So, you know, we're talking about a team here that is one of the best in the NHL. And, and they showed it tonight. They came out, they played a really good game. Um, Jeremy Swayman's an awesome goaltender. Um, and it was just a bit of an off night, you know, in the first and second periods. And, and I think that it, it's hard to play catch up against a team that can do what the Jets can do to other teams when they're trying to play catch up. And, uh, you know, that's... That's what happened tonight. The you know the Jets kind of got jetsed by the Bruins, or and, and you know you could kind of say it the other way back in December there, when the Bruins got bruned by the Jets, right? So like you know yeah, I mean that's kind of where I'm at, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I know you're looking, but yeah, I don't know what you got, but uh, yeah, that, that's kind of my buffet, uh, um, my buffet platter there. To the point that you're. <clears throat> I, I I wonder, Scott, you were talking a little bit about them learning these lessons. And I wonder, because we've got the comments here in the chat room, and I find it a fascinating kind of question here. T. Mackey says, the problem with long streaks in the regular season is it becomes a hindrance for the team because everyone else becomes obsessed with it. Happy it's over, and let's focus on what needs to be fixed. It makes me think about what you were just saying here, Scotty. It also makes me think about Vladdy Nemestikov before they ha hopped on the road. And I asked him if if it's ever like a thought in game of yeah. like two goals, three goals, and we can't let it become four goals. 
And his response was very like solidly, this is not something that we think about. This is not something we have concerns about. Clearly, Rick Bonus wasn't coaching that way tonight, thinking, ah, oh, we'll lose 3-1 rather than pulling the goalie or any of these things like this. Honestly, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, are, are, it's not something I think they consider. But I wonder with me, I was the guy who asked the question of a guy like Vladimir Nemesnikov. And I'll throw it back to you, Scotty, because you talk about the idea of them learning lessons from this. But is it a good thing that this is behind the Winnipeg Jets, this crazy stretch? Because let's be honest, if they go another 15 games now and we get to say the Winnipeg Jets have allowed three goals or less in, what, like 45 or 48 games now, it's probably yeah. impressive. But killing the streak, does it take away something that in the end sounds really impressive that I know fans were really invested in? But does it take away something that really doesn't matter and make it not so much a concern for the Winnipeg anymore? Yeah, for one, first of all, Kenny, they're fixing that, so it's it's just the alarm on the door here. So, yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. This Mute is the, yourself this is the when you hear show. the alarm. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I didn't even hear it until I saw your face, and then I took off. Anyways, uh, sorry, Shauna, what is your question again? You basically well, you was know, it? A, is it a good seeing, thing? Scott, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. hey, listen, you've been in timeout for a long time. If you can't keep <laughs> up when you do get back in, I mean, oh, listen, I'm dealing with an alarm you get going sent down and you get brought back up, you can't be missing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My Anyways, oh, do, do I think it's good uh, that it's past the them. The idea yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing that we've been talking about that has been a huge deal. We've been talking about the national media, I think, is really, really high on this thing. The idea of allowing three goals or less. Now that it's dead, it's buried. There's I, I don't think they give a crap, Sean, to be honest. Like I don't think I don't think the Jets are talking about it. Does it help the fan base? Like I, I think it's a it's a manufactured thing that I think well, it's partly our fault in the media, right? Because we want to ask them about something that seems so well that that was on the verge of being historic right <laughs> um so this was on the verge of being an historic thing so of course we're asking right them, them about this yeah. but at the same time i don't think and i think nemestikov gave you the i was right, standing right beside you when he asked the question and his answer was exactly what i think everybody else in that team would answer it's they don't give a, well they don't give a crap and 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 because it, it doesn't mean anything to them. At the end of the day, you don't hang a banner for 35 games without three goals or less. You're not hanging a banner for being the top team on. You know, this is the same thing we've seen them say this about being in first place in in the beginning of January or all that. They don't care. And uh, but but there probably is a little bit of a relief that you don't have to answer questions about it anymore. Um, you know, I mean, I think that's just natural. It's like a losing streak or whatever. Um, but yeah, anybody thinking tonight that gonna pull the ten? Can you imagine the questions that would be asked of this team if they didn't pull it, the goaltender tonight to try and win oh, the yeah. game? Like th that is a huge, huge Great. red flag. If you're going for a silly streak, and sorry for everybody in the in the in attendance here tonight, I know the streak meant something to a lot of fans, but at the end of the day. The only thing that's going to matter, nobody, nobody's talking about the streak other than the fact, and the reason why we're talking about the streak to begin with is because how good their defensive play has been, right? Like that, that's the umbrella here, and underneath the umbrella is this streak. But the fact that they're playing that well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, exactly. They probably did wait too long. I agree with, I assume that's, that's, that, that's Nick Lynham. Top line, yeah. They top. waited to get control, yeah. though. That was, again, so right, I'm, yeah. just, and, and I'm that's in the, the building. They were and struggling. Rick, yeah, they, were they were struggling along the wall to get yeah. the puck. So, and they, you know, they, that's why they waited. I don't think it was yeah, any concern exactly. about the streak. They wanted to make sure they had no. control of the puck because they had so little control during the game of the puck. Yeah, exactly. And and so, you know, do I think the players can? No, they don't. I mean, I, I think I think you could see that some of the players are probably just like, okay, stop asking about this. Um, especially probably Rick Bonus after a while, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter to him. You know, I I think it was just the thing that that fans could get behind. But at the end of the day, it, it really just at the end of the day, it tells you how good of a run this team had at limiting goals against, which is I think that's remarkable. It's a remarkable part of their season, which turned out to be nearly half of the season yeah, of so them allowing so few goals, right? <clears throat> So, Scott, what I take away from that, I think you're entirely right. Like, I don't think it bothered them to the point that it's like the fact that they were doing that is a real 
explanation of just how good this team has been. So I don't I don't think it became burdensome for the Jets to talk about this. But yeah. what I would say is like, and I would ask anyone else out there, I'd ask you two guys before I throw this question to you, Kenny, but like how many people knew that the modern day record was set exactly. by, by the yeah. Minnesota Wild back in 2000, I think it was 2014. And, and someone just, Dale Sawchuk just said exactly what I was saying. What did what did that Minnesota Wild team do that year that we were like, wow, way exactly. to go Minnesota Wild? And I guess well, we know because they haven't been out of the first round forever, so we know they didn't do anything. So again, exactly. who cares? And, and, exactly. and so I guess I say to you, Ken, like the, the the problem with that record. Let's say the Jets had brought up that record. The only time anyone ever brings up that record again is the next time someone challenges that record. But it but to that point, it's a little bit yeah. of a meaningless record. So Ken, I just ask you and kind of drop in your thought press process on it but like do you think it takes anything for the winnipeg jets that they get into this do you think there's any kind of weight lifted off their chest that they don't have to worry about it or or the fact that they score four go had four goals scored against them tonight does it have any meaning at all for this winnipeg jets team no, I mean, quite frankly, Dylan DeMello, when I asked him about it, he kind of cracked a joke. He said, well, do we have to put an asterisk beside it because it was an empty net goal? So, But then he quickly got after it. And so, like, I don't think they, the streak that actually is impressive to me, of course, it's impressive when a team can go almost half a season with allowing three or fewer, but 14 in a row of two or fewer and close to 20 of two or fewer in regulation. Now, that is an impressive stretch of hockey for a team that struggled defensively and being committed defensively. It's not. It's a fact. It was nothing to do with the media. That is what they allowed. The streak is a media concoction. It's not. Those are the 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 media concoction, yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah, it's not a media concoction. No, I'm agreeing. It's not a media concoction. (laughs) <laughs> but we do kind of push the issue a bit when it gets closer to history, right? As we should, because sure. it is history. But right. I, yeah, yeah. Anyways, anyways I, 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 just, I don't. I don't yeah. think they care about it. I mean, they're they're impressed by the fact yeah. that they have gone a long time with defending. But and I don't. You know, it's not a, like a full wake up for them. But it's it's important because it, you can only allow three or fewer if you're committed to team defense. Mm-hmm. And today. You know, exactly. they just didn't give up a ton, but they gave up too much <laughs> against a team that's very good. Now, I got to say this too on the on the uh, on the DeBrus goal, like to call it a shorthanded goal to me. That's the guy just came out of the box. It was basically a four on four, and actually, nice play by Morgan Geeky to drive the net. But Morrissey yeah. did his job. He poked it off his stick, and the he poke checked him preventing the shot, and it just happened to land on DeBrus' stick. Nobody picked up the trailer. It was basically a four-on-four, and he rips the shot home. I mean, like, that's that's just a, a bit of bad luck in that scenario. So it's not like the Jets had all these all these bad breakdowns. Yes, they had a breakdown on the first goal, and yes, on the second, it was a brilliant tip by Charlie Coyle. But this wasn't, again, this wasn't a game where the Jets gave up 45 shots to the Bruins. They didn't give up 20 grade A scoring chances. But what they needed to do was be a little better when it came to execution and decision making. And that today yeah. is something they didn't do well enough if you want to beat a top team. And, and Sean, yeah. to, to reinforce your point about streaks and records and everything else, Sean, Sean, who cares? Even the, the the people who achieved the goal last year on the Boston Bruins, they don't care whatsoever that they posted the best record in modern day history because they lost in Game 7. Who cares of the first round? But you know why it could matter? It could matter to them in knowing they know what happened in the first round and it's scar tissue that they will probably learn from. And I think that prevents them from losing in the first or second round this year. So uh, it matters to a degree, but it doesn't matter. What matters about it is the commitment required to win when it counts. So that's the thing the Jets can take from this streak. It was impressive. But you know what will be more impressive? If a team can play like that at games 60 to 82, and then from games 1 to however many they play. Um, 
I, I do think it's a little bit funny uh, that people, <clears throat> it, it was, the, there's some people landed on the idea that this is entirely a media concoction, that this is something that should have never been talked about before. Tishu says, you guys are still talking about it. Why? I'm going to get a hold of that <coughs> at the national level and let them know Tishu's had enough of this talk and to stop doing it right now. Sorry, Tishu. <laughs> we'll get out of the way there. <coughs> Uh, but I do think this is a funny comment by Ishaboy Bruce, who says, I love that we were all fired up for the record now. It's like, who gives a hoot? It's it, it's pretty funny because we had comments in this show for the last little while. Every time they lost but only allowed two goals, they'd say, <clears throat> well, we lost, but the streak's still intact. So there's people who did care about this. I'm sorry, Tissue, that not everyone thinks like you, but we will move on, Tissue, to keep the integrity of the show, in your opinion, going in a direction. Before we do that, Ken, I'd like you to give a shout out to Sweet Lou. Yeah, for folks who have realty needs, they'd like to have met in the new calendar year here. You can be in touch with our good friend Lou Ferlin at Rolla Page Dynamic Realty, 204-791-9971 or at the office, 204-989-5000. His email is lou at louferlin.ca. That's L-O-U at L-O-U-F-U-R-L-A-N.ca. Lou Ferlin, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of the community, including this podcast. Tell them nope. Kenny and Rennie sent you yeah, no for your doubt. housing needs. Sweet Lou went like something like 104 games, allowing three goals or less. <laughs> so, uh, he's Jeez. all folks. Um, <clears throat> let's let's dive in a little bit with. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this, Scott, about what we've seen from the Jets as of late. Like that, yes, they were winning. Yes, they had this crazy streak of games against some of the lower echelon teams in the NHL. I wonder what your thought process is. I don't know how you feel. I, I, I said it earlier. I don't know if you were in the show when I said it. I feel like the Jets here tonight got a little bit of a wake-up call around the second period where they're like, okay, we can't just kind of half-ass this thing and pull out a victory at the end against a team that's a little bit subpar. Um, I think if the Winnipeg Jets come out with the effort that we saw in the third, throughout the first and the second, uh, this is a much different game. I you know, maybe Boston still wins. Uh, but but I wonder for you, is there any kind of concern with what we've seen from the Jets lately, who I don't think we've seen. <clears throat> we've seen the Jets fall back into their structure time and time again. I think that's a positive thing. I, because last year, I think <clears throat> before the Jets fall was a team that was still winning, finding yeah. a way to win, like people like to say, which some people think is a really good thing. I don't think it always is. I think a lot of times it hides problems. But last year, we saw a team falling out of its structure and still finding a way to win. This year, we're seeing a team that maybe doesn't have the effort that we're used to them seeing, but still staying within that structure. But not having that effort, I think, may have cost them tonight. Do you have any concerns about this team in the idea of the hockey we've been seeing from them lately, eking out games against some of the team's lower teams and what that means going forward and their ability to find their best game going forward? Not not really, because I think because I think it's still a lot of this does hinge on Mark Scheifele being out of the lineup, right? Like the, the line combos that just don't seem to connect the way that they, they were when Scheifele was back in the lineup. You know, this team doesn't really necessarily have a, uh, this might be controversial, a bona fide second line center, right? Like I think Vlad Mestikov does very well at, at that job, but I'm not entirely sure um, this team, like this is part of the thing I think this team needs going into the deadline is probably, you know, uh, a reasonably good second line center. But <clears throat> that being said, I'm not concerned about it because I think, you know, until when this team is healthy, or at least when this team has Mark Shifley, this team has four lines that they can roll wave after wave after wave. And we just haven't seen that since, what, the Chicago game when he got injured. Um, so basically, we're talking going back now, whatever it's been, like, you know, it's been a few games. My, my concern is that I think what, what Rick Bonus said earlier in the season is starting to, you know, it was a bit prophetic. It's not prophetic in the sense, like, it's, we all know this is going to be the case. The league is starting to tighten up. I think we could all agree, you know, when you're playing some of these best teams right now uh, and some of the teams that the Jets are playing at right now, th these teams are starting to tighten up and the difference in the game uh, starts to become special teams. Like it, there, there starts to be a problem with, with, you know, if you score a power play goal, that can turn the tide. You get a good kill. I think we're seeing 
a Jets team that's improved on the PK. I think they're 21 for the last 22 in their last nine games now. But the power play still is just miles off of it, right? I mean, I think you watched it tonight. They went over three. They only had three shots. They needed a goal there in the third period to get themselves tied back in the game, right? I mean, I think by the time that that power play came, well, that's when they gave up the shorthanded DeBrusque goal, right? Uh, you can we can argue all we want whether it's a four and four goal or a, a four and five goal. It doesn't matter to me. The fact is they gave it up, and and so this power play is to start clicking, right? Like it just again tonight, it just didn't look very good. They weren't really moving the puck. There's not enough traffic in front. There was definitely a two of the three of those shots went right into the breadbasket from from nothing, right? There's nobody in front, no traffic. And I think this is the problem. Like this is my concern with this team is that if this power play doesn't start getting going, they're going to lose a few more games and they're going to win because they're just not getting the goals that they need in the tight games. Cause this team is very good five on five. We can all agree on that, I think, but they're going to start need to having a difference maker at five on four or five on three or whatever, you know, the situation becomes. And so that's where my concern lies with this team. I think, I think they really need to figure out, like, I, I don't, and I, you know, I think Mike McIntyre, the free press might have tweeted this out earlier, but I, I think one of the things with this team is that you just need at, at some point they're, they're so good. How, how, how is this power play so bad? Like, that's the part that I don't understand. You have killers on this power play. You've got, you've got Kyle Connor, you have Mark Shifley, you have Nikolai Ehlers, you have, you have all these guys that can score goals, right? 30, 40 goal scores in this league. And the power play just can't figure it out. You have Josh Morrissey who anchored one of the best, well, it wasn't the better power play last year, but but has anchored this power play before. Like, I don't know what they need. So maybe at the Ted Dine, they need to go out and get themselves a power play specialist as well. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, my, 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 my issue with this team right now continues to be what it probably has been for much of the season is that they just need to figure out the power play because I think if they score in the first on the power play and they go up two one, it's a different game, right? I think you can, I think that also will wake up a team too, but there's just no momentum coming right now from it. Um, and, and you know, tonight they gave up one on it. So that, that that's where I'm at. I, I think that's where my concern is. I think, I think we need a longer time of this team playing some of these lethargic games to say that that's a concern. And, and I think you need to see that with also Mark and, and Gabe in the lineup. Um, before we can start looking at it like that. So, yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Um, so, perfect time for the Jets. I love how Sean. people actually think that is the thing that happens. But anyways. Yeah. Well, Sean, <clears> so <throat> perfect time to play the Leafs because we're going to learn if there's yeah. going to be a reversion because the Leafs are going to want to play coast-to-coast, uh, wide-open offensive game. Yeah. And the Jets are want to play a structured game. I mean, people have been saying, oh, when did things collapse last year? Well, Jets were in first place in the Western Conference in the Central Division around January 16th or 18th, and then they started stumbling. So I don't think that we're seeing the same thing at all no. this year. No, but no, not a, not there's close. been a regression in their game, not the same type of regression, but this is this is an important time because the Leafs, yeah, couple wins on the road trip, they're feeling better about themselves. But at the same time, they don't play a structured game. And so let, let's see how the Jets play. Can the Jets impose their structure and will against the Toronto Maple Leafs team that has a lot of high-end talent but aren't really defending well? They haven't gotten a lot of great goaltending. So that, that to me is the test. And, and just quickly here, for people who didn't see the post game, Gabriel Velarde dealing with the lower body issue. We talked about this on Saturday, Sean. It was the first time this year, probably, outside of the game he was injured in the first period, that Gabriel Velarde didn't have an impact on the game. He made a couple nice plays, but he wasn't as offensively involved as we've been seeing. Wasn't moving around very well. Lower body issue, day-to-day officially. Rick Bonus isn't sure if he'll play Wednesday or not. Um, and two two games in a row, they, you know, that's two-thirds of a top line in the game today. And quickly on Mark Shifley. I watched him very diligently during the morning skate. So Sunday, he skated for the first time very lightly. Today, pushed himself a little bit more. But this isn't about like holding Mark Shifley out for precautionary reasons. He's dealing with the significant groin injury. So you don't just put a guy back in in a game and run the risk of him making a tight turn or getting hit or falling funny and then having a two-week regression. So... 
they are being cautious, yes, but Mark's not not the fact that Mark didn't skate until Sunday. That should tell you everything you need to know. This guy loves being yeah. on the ice. When the Jets had an optional skills session the other day, Mark Shifley would have been the first guy on the ice in the last one off if he was close to playing again after the yeah. injury. So, yes, I see significant progress being made from day to day, but Mark hasn't taken anything close to contact, and contact also causes issues with the groin injury. So I think the Jets are going to have to be ready to play without Gabriel Velarde potentially, and Mark Shifley certainly on Wednesday. And, you know, maybe he might be ready for Saturday, but if you're the Jets and you don't don't play until February 6th, what is the benefit of having him in that game and running the risk? Instead, you get 10 more days or 12, and then you have him come back fully healthy. So that's yeah. where I'm at with that. Um, then we'll see what happens from there. And just a quick one for uh, is your boy Bruce. In the third period, it was Vladislav Nemestikov centering the top line with Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor. And yes, they did generate a little bit more. So I'll be curious to see. I, I think Rick Bonus goes back with that against the Leafs. I think he wants Adam Lowry's line together as one against Matthews or Tavares, whoever, whatever line they want to play him against. And that's a smart move. Now, do, is that tough for Cole Perfetti being on the line on the third line with Tony Otto and Alex Ifollow? No knock on those guys, but that's a different looking line than what Cole has been on this year. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But uh, yeah. Jets got to be a four line team. I mean, today Axel Janssen Fialbi five minutes and fifty five seconds. That's the first time we kind of got back to that wide disparity in terms of a fourth-line player not really playing a whole lot. But that had more to do with the, uh, as Scotty likes to say, industrial-sized blender that was in effect today. And did I actually hear you advocating to put the third line back together? <laughs> they, were, they were already what back together, buddy. Come on, they, were, they, were, they were already back together today. Did, did, and yes, did someone sit you today. down in Boston? I feel no, like no, you know, some no. kind of league executive or something sat down and had an intervention with Ken in Boston to get him trying to think the right way. Uh, honestly, I, I, I'm happy to hear it. I, it's been hard for me to watch you go down this road, Ken. It's hurt <laughs> who cares deeply about you to watch you do this to yourself. It's oh, yeah. As Matt Heinen says here, they reunited the third line uh, the, tonight and the Jets were better in the third period. Well done, Matt. Well I don't done. think so. Uh, well I just have to say, to me, that's the Cambrian. They That really did pay off. And if you're looking to pay off high interest credit cards or debt, we suggest you go talk to our friends at Cambrian Credit Union about their payoff loan. They can show you how taking out a loan to pay off your debt actually gets you debt free faster. And you can save thousands of dollars. Go to cambrian.mb.ca to book an appointment online. And if your bar, Ken, is that they have to come back and win the game by reuniting that line, not just fix a lot of the problems happening, then that intervention didn't work. So tell me who it was who tried to set you straight and got halfway down the road and then left half the road undone because i promised (laughs) him and this may be a little bit of foreshadowing i'm gonna correct this ken weeb third take uh third line take of yours if it's the last thing i do i will pull out all the stops all the resources and correct this this i it i hate seeing you go down the wrong road and we're gonna have to stop that it's a it's a bad one yeah sorry kenny but I mean, we you don't normally agree. You guys can both say agree. whatever you want because eventually agree, Alex Iafolo can do the job and then Nino can help Cole Perfetti. But, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll when it comes to what they need right now we'll is getting that third line road. back together, buddy. It's good. I, I am it's making good. a You didn't mishear me. I said now, it. Right now, we will take care of this down the road <laughs> in a very fast <laughs> fashion if that's what it takes. Anyways, we need I to move it. on here. Uh, time for uh, the Johnson Group Got You Covered play of the game. Uh, uh, there, there's there's a couple that could actually kind of go, you know, both the, the keg uh, or the gotcha covered. Scotty Billick, I think there's a very obvious Johnson Group gotcha play of the game today. What do you got? Oh, very obvious. This, I hate when you do this because you, you set it up like I'm supposed to know what you're thinking. Well, and, and welcome, you welcome to my world. Are you watching I know. the game? I know. I, 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 think, I, everyone I, knows. I think everyone <laughs> in here knows. I, d- I doubt. I doubt everybody agrees with you, Shawnee. But um, uh, they're yelling. What are they the saying? Name. They're yelling the what? name. 
I can't hear them. What are they saying? Pionk. 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 So what's that? Pionk? Or what's that? Pionk? It is, it is oh, a universal opinion in this room. I hear it. I hear There's it. There's a reason I, you've been sent to the quiet room, Scott. I was going to say that was the save of the game, though. Was it not? Like that, I was well, saving that for the save of the game. The net. He didn't shoot it at the net. <laughs> well, I think I think I hear waiters supporting you. So you've got one person. There we go. Waiters is my boy. Delusional as you are, Scott Bale. <laughs> go ahead. What do you got? Uh, I don't even know what we're talking. Got you covered. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I thought it was Morrissey. I'm guessing it was Pionk there that got it. I, I probably mixed up my fours while I was watching the game. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be Pionk, I guess. But honestly, like, I mean, if you're looking at the other side, like the overall of the game, I mean, I like Jeremy Swayman in the game. I thought he made it, you know, if it got you covered, I thought he played really well. So, um, uh, yeah, for Boston, because, I mean, there was times in this game where the Jets were, were, and especially in the third, where the Jets were really pressing um, to try and get a tying goal. They nearly got one a couple of times. So, um, but yeah, I mean, give it to Pionk. But I mean, this just leads into the fact that we're talking about this, this damn streak over and over. So, anyways, yeah, go to Kenny. What do you got, Kenny? Before we go to Kenny, the thing that makes me happy about you going down that road and it being Pionk means that T. Will is the lone person who doesn't agree with this take, which means that he's out in outer space, I mean, I... which is what I've been saying for years. And now a room full of people knows exactly what I've been talking about. They're, they're booing him. And have, my dream has come true. They are, they are booing T. Will. Everything. Everything. They're booing you, T. They're booing you. Anyway, Ken, your turn. What do you got for the Josh? Oh, my God. Let it be Pionk, and you can share unless you had some. You said, what's, the other, what, what's your, what's your runner-up? What's your runner-up? You're going to further shame T. Will? I mean, oh, I would have done it because, you know, that's what I do. But you're going to – this is where T. Will needed you the most, Ken. That's where he needed you the most. <laughs> thank you t will for buying a ticket and supporting us as always getting this right why he doesn't get a microphone in this situation it's the the johnson group got you covered play of the game it's most definitely Pionk, who almost almost kept the three goals or less intact with an absolutely amazing play uh that's the johnson group got you covered play of the game absolutely no doubt in anyone's mind except for one person and he's had too much airtime with his bad take already. So Johnson Group, hey, do you run a small business in Canada? Look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan, Chambers Plan, to give you a competitive edge. Chambers Plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for over 30,000 businesses countrywide. Visit chamberplan.ca to learn more. Moving on, Ken, you get to go first on the keg save of the game. What you got? Uh, Liney on, uh, what did he, on... Line A. No, sorry. No, uh, it was going to go Swayman. Swayman. Sorry. What a, sorry, what sorry. a game. What a game no, for Patrick Line tonight. No, Swayman, <laughs> Swayman on Mason Appleton one-timer. It was a bit of a sleepy play, but uh, nice puck movement, cross-ice pass, had to get a, the right the right pad across. That was my uh, my choice. Hell of a couple honorable mentions to keep the game tight when it was you know, on the verge of kind of going the, the opposite direction. I thought in the second period, Hellebuck had a couple of big saves um, overall, but yeah. Or Scotty, what do you got? Uh, Hashik on uh, <laughs> Owen. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Swayman on Lowry, maybe? Uh, I thought that... No, that was I, would say, I would say Swayman on Lowry, because um, I think the game changes at least... well. It changes in terms of scoring, but no it, I think that that goal would have certainly brought that woke. Let's well let's stay on point here. Woke the Jets up here, um, and it would have been a completely different game. So I'll say uh, Swayman on Lowry. I'm going to go off the board here and say my cake save of the game was uh, some of the people here who had pizza stacked on their plates like this high here. They saved, I'm telling you right now, they saved themselves a lot of money with the best darn pizza in town by coming down to this event, which is absolutely great. Once again, thank the people. Your special we'll shout out, Right away. But uh, it doesn't matter whether I think that's the keg save of the game or, or Scott Billick thinks <laughs> Dominic Hasek from 20 years ago or whether Kenny <laughs> even knows which game he's covering at this game. What matters 
is what everybody out there thinks their keg save of the game is. So you know what to do. Share with us your hashtag keg save of the game, the keg save of the game, and you are automatically entered to win a $50 gift certificate to any of the fine three keg locations here in the city of Winnipeg, each location finer than the last. And our winner, uh, I was going to try and uh, say, hey, maybe stick around. I know I saw Matt Hyman in here earlier on, but Matt Hyman, you are the winner of the $50 keg gift certificate uh, for well sharing done, with the York Big State of the Game last game. So you know what to do. Direct message me at SN Sean Reynolds. Uh, send me your full name and send me your email, and I will have the fine people at the keg send you your $50 gift certificate to usable at any of the three locations in the city, each location finer than the last. Congrats, Matt Hyman. And moving on, back to you, Scott Bilk, the TCB lamplighter of the game. I got to tell you, I saw a lot of lamplighters go down here tonight. I'm oh, not yeah. sure me. is going to have any left over to come down here to after this crowd <laughs> went at them. But I, I think we'll find a frosty, delicious eight-pack of lamplighter uh, if, we can, uh, if we can find. I'm sure there's a couple <laughs> here or there. Maybe they're in the room with Scott Billick in the quiet room if he hasn't got all of them. But, uh, Scotty, what's your uh, what's your lamplighter of the game? Oh, do we go with Brad Marchand to end it all? <laughs> Just end all the streaks, right? Like I, That is a total heel move. I can't hear what's going on in there. Oh, man. That, wow. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you need to, you need to stay in that quiet room. I mean, it's it's security on the way out. They are... There's probably like shoveling. banging at the door. I got to turn the alarm back on. Here. I don't know how they got it past security in here, but I would stay in that room if I were you, Scott. But uh, go- here, I mean, I think it's. I mean, I think. Well, I mean, the Marshall goal. I thought that that's answered the bell pretty quickly on that point shot and then Meskov tip. I like that goal. I mean, that showed that the, even when the Jets had a not the best first period, um, allowing the first goal. Um, they obviously had a nice answer back on that. Um, they just couldn't answer Charlie Coyle's goal after that. So, um, but if, if I'm not proud, bully you into a different opinion, Scott. No, no, no. I'm, I said I'm going with Marchand. But if I, you know, if I was to pick one that you know, a different one, do you know how? I'm not. Do you know how strong? Do you know how strong the lock is on your door? They can't get to you. I promise. They're not. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Ken, Ken, are are you at a safe enough distance to give your honest opinion of what the lamplighter of the game was? Jack Edwards is going to smoke him if he doesn't say it. So, yeah, anyways. Yeah, for me, the lamplighter of the game is Charlie Coyle because in a game that is hotly contested in a defensive uh, at times struggle and not much space is being given to either team. Charlie Coyle did what every person needs to do in a game like this. He got to the front of the net, he got himself loose, and he tipped home a perfect point shot uh, that you know is ultimately the game winner. So to me, that is my lamplighter on this evening with honorable mention to the response that Scotty mentioned with the slapper from DeMello that was eventually tipped by Vladislav Nemestikov. Nice. I'm going to go with my lamplighter, but it's been pointed out this would not be a Kenny and Rennie live show if we didn't turn this into a Sean's headband version of the Kenny and Rennie show. So let's hit it. Bring in the hair. Bring in the makeup. Bring in everybody. Let's make it a Sean's headband version of the Kenny and Rennie show. We just quickly told the story of Tristan Rivers, who once again helped save the audio issues with this show. But Sean's headband is actually the Tristan Rivers OG for the Kenny and Rennie show. And I love this story. I was sitting in the doctor's office. I'm not going to tell you what I was there for. It's a little bit embarrassing. Let's just keep that out of the conversation. But I was waiting, and I opened my and I got this message out of nowhere from Tristan River. And he's like, hey, I wrote this song. I wonder, you know, I just wanted you to hear it. And I checked it out. And I was like, this is 
Awesome. And Kenny will know this. Like we're 80s metal kids. We love this kind of music. And I, I don't know if it's because we talked about it on the show or what, but Tristan absolutely kind of like spoke like directly into my soul in that moment. And all my metal buddies, I like sent them the song and I was like, can you believe this? And they're like, they're, they're just like, honestly, th this blows me away, the music he's done for our show. Uh, and everyone here tonight has been pumped when they heard Ken's music. Scotty, they were pumped when they heard y your music. And once again, they're Indeed. pumped your Sean's headband. Honestly, it's a sin every time I don't add it into the show just to hear that song. It's great. Are we going to tell the chat what you had? No. But like, yeah. I mean, you made it sound like you had, like, the clap or something. Like, I mean, it's just. Well, yeah, come on now. <laughs> Well, I tell, mean, tell them your lamplighter. I mean, tell them your lamplighter, people. Listen, Keep the show on the rails here, people. This is not a place to air grievances or health issues or any of those. I mean, <laughs> I'm just you doing my reporterly duties by asking. <laughs> you love the softball. the story. Anyway, anyway, everyone's got their weird thing. Everyone's got their weird things, and that's that. We'll leave it at that. My, we will, yeah. <laughs> um, oh my, my TCB, God. my TCB of the game is Brad Marshall scoring the empty netter. People aren't going to be happy. The reason why is because he does it in absolute rat fashion. I was here watching this game, and when he bobbles the puck and looks like he's actually not going to score, the elation in this room of people who are now saying, yeah, this trick never meant anything to me. Everyone was like, oh, my God, this trick is back. And then he took it away and threw it in the net. And just to see so many dreams crushed, I don't know. It brings happiness to my heart to see all these people. <laughs> I, I will say it was it was a there was a definite like hoorah moment and then it was just like yeah like it just died right like he's rat this is exactly it like this is this is stuck in Julie's yeah. craw in this moment because it's not just like an obvious if he honestly if he would have just got the puck on his stick and thrown it in I think people would have cared a little bit less but people thought he bobbled it he missed it it's intact and then he gets it anyways. It was very, very much uh, Brad Marchand-esque to, to do this. And, uh, I mean, I yeah. guess you got you got to give yourself credit if you're the Winnipeg Jets, uh, or sorry, the Boston Bruins, to come out and not only win this game in the fashion they did, dominating large swaths of that game, but ending that streak. I think the Boston Bruins come out of this. And they definitely showed up best in a big moment of the year. This is why the Boston Bruins, are going to be a load to handle for someone in this league because of how they handled this game tonight. I know as a Jets fan, you look at this and there's a you know a bitter taste in your mouth, but the fact that the Winnipeg Jets are a measuring stick team, the Boston Bruins, and I, I've said this, I don't agree with the assertion that everyone who comes in the Jets get everybody's best. I don't buy that for a second. I think a lot of teams come in, lower level teams, and they mail it in because they don't expect to win against the Winnipeg Jets. The the Boston Bruins came into this game and they threw everything that they had at the Winnipeg Jets. Again, I don't think it's their absolute top of their game, but you know, the the Boston Bruins came out and I would argue, I don't know, Ken, if you made it over to their hallway. I haven't seen the press clippings, but I think this game meant something to the Boston Bruins, and I think that says something about these Winnipeg Jets. Anyways, that's my TCB lamp later of the game. Doesn't matter what mine is or Ken's. Or Scotty's, or if he's going to flip flop based on the crowd being happy oh, with him or not, whether or not he's stuck in that room or not. Uh, what happens <laughs> with you at home? Uh, share with us your TCB lamp game, and you are automatically entered to win a delicious eight pack of Lamplighter Amber Ale brought to you by our good friends at TransCan, the brewing company, who absolutely rocked it here tonight. I got to say, there is no stepping down from perfection. Every single event they have hosted here, they've knocked it out of the park. They did it again. Yeah. We can't wait until the next one. As the chance of TCB ring out in the background, our main man, Tyler. Hey, listen, I don't understand. Tyler is quality control here, and he's doing dry January. How do you pull that off? How does the guy who tests beer for TCB pull off dry January? Well, the answer is he didn't pull it off. He failed, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, <laughs> he, he's done pretty good for himself. I'll Close enough. 
one of our favorite people here down at TCB. We've got great relationships here. I don't know that we have a better one than Tyler, who's just always in the chat room, always front and center in these things, absolutely yeah. rock. And is one of the reasons that Lamplighter Amber Ale is the frosty, delicious nectar of the gods, no doubt. Uh, let's hand it out. Our Lamplighter of the game is David Martino. David Martino, you know what to do. Direct message me at SN Sean Reynolds. Send me your full name and send me an email, and I will send you a voucher for a frosty, delicious eight pack of Lamplighter Amber Ale brought to you by our friends, our great friends at TCB. It is the nectar of the gods. You got to try it out. Thank you so much, uh, guys. Any oh, final thoughts? Tell them when the next on? show is while they're here and, and eating out of and your hand. You here. tell them when the next show is. I've done enough work here tonight <laughs> while you're off eating lobster rolls and everything. I haven't even had a lobster <laughs> roll yet, but thank you. Uh, February nineteenth, folks. Afternoon game on uh, Louis Riel Day. I think February nineteenth, afternoon game. Jets versus Calgary Flames. We'll. Uh, Get the ticket link up in the next couple of days. But uh, in the meantime, okay, we'll if you're interested, hey, uh, let I, us know. I do a lot of joking, uh, although I don't think I'm joking about the crowd trying to get to Scotty in the quiet room. That's something I'm actually a little bit concerned about. You see the door handle shaking right now. Some uh, security here. But in all honesty, uh, this is another uh, This is another sellout for the Kenny and Rennie show. We are awesome. so absolutely lucky to be supported by this community the way that we are supported. I sure hope, I know the folks at TCB do it, but I sure hope that Ken and myself and people like Scott Billick are serving you all the way that you serve us. We are so lucky to have you. You guys knock it out of the park every single time. I have so much fun at these events. I said to someone earlier on tonight, there's probably no one at this event that is having more fun than I do because just the opportunity to meet with people and hang out with all the folks. A lot of people have gone six for six at our episode. Sorry, this would be seven. Seven events. There's a lot of people gone seven for seven. A lot of people put seven so on and so forth we are blessed to be supported the way that we are by this community and it means the world to me that we are thank you so much to all of you a round of applause for all of you because you are amazing thank you so much to everybody and before we do go if you guys have nothing left to say i wanted to say if you appreciate the conversations happening in this space please please appreciate our sponsors who fight to keep the conversation going in this space. I'll name them first in this show because they've been so supportive of us. TCB, Transcanner Brewing Company, they absolutely rock it. Cambrian Credit Union, the Johnson Group, the Kenny and Rennie OGs, the Keg, Sweet Lou Ferlin, Pristine Roofing in their wake-up call, and Vittorio Rossi. Thank you to all of them. And once again, thank you to you, Scott Billick, for coming on and risking, I, I think you're risking your life at this stage, the way people and you in the other room. Well, either. And for taking time. And thank you to everyone at home, everyone in the room. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for what you do. We will see you next time after the Winnipeg Jets play the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll see you then.